0: Welcome to the Thanks Country Radio podcast. Time to take a drive down Music Row from Nashville to every town in between. Country radio has defined our lives, so let's talk with those who we listen to and those whose music entertains us every day. It's the Thanks Country Radio podcast.
1: Welcome to the Thanks Country Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Corser. Originally, this interview was slated to air later on in the series. However, after last week, we have decided to move it up to our first episode. You will hear from Danny Dwyer, currently the music director, APD, and pretty much everything else at 98.7 The Bowl here in Portland, Oregon. Last week, Danny was on vacation and suffered several injuries after falling from a height of about nine feet. He is doing well. He is still in the hospital recovering. His wife, Kimmy, is keeping us all updated on Facebook every day. So I wanted you to hear this interview that I did with Danny a few weeks ago. Uh, There have been some changes at the station since we've taped this interview, but everything remains the same. Danny is one of the most loyal, hardworking, caring, talented, gifted, outgoing individuals you will ever meet. Not only does he care about his family. But he cares about everybody else around him. I am lucky to call him one of my close friends. I'm lucky to call him a mentor. And overall, I was very lucky to have him as a boss for a very short period of time in my radio career. Danny, we are thinking of you. We hope you get well soon. And we can't wait to hear you back on the air. Here's the interview with Danny Dwyer.
0: They entertain us and make the music we love. This is the Thanks Country Radio Podcast Spotlight.
1: That's right. This week's feature interview is Danny Dwyer, Music Director, Assistant Program Director at 98.7 The Bowl, KUPL-FM Portland. Danny, I appreciate you taking a moment of your time. I know you are extremely busy.
0: Oh, yeah. I am so busy right now. It is just, uh, it's hard to get off this couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: mean, let's dive right into that, right? Uh, right. You guys are self-quarantine as most of us are you're working from home what's that been like yep what's it like for you to work from home
0: uh you know the first week's been a challenge um in the circumstances that we are all put under the mandate from Governor Inslee and Governor Kate Brown uh you know it was one of those situations as a broadcaster and part of the FCC our rules and regulations is that we have to provide correct information for our local communities, for the safety of people. Um, But our building, we didn't want to take any chances, and we wanted to abide by the rules, and we all made it possible for us to work from home. Uh, Alpha Media just said, hey, whatever you got to do, let's make it happen and see what we can make happen from home. It was easy for salespeople. It's been more difficult for uh, a personality themselves having to set up a little studio area and make it sound as professional as possible. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I own my own mobile DJ business, so I had all the proper equipment to be able to get it done. Um, and for the most part, I was already somewhat set up to do stuff from home anyways. So it's been, it's been a little challenging because we all are used to our normal routine of what we do. Uh, and now that normal routine is completely uprooted, and it's been a challenge to try and stay on task. I find myself, wanting to uh, take a 10-minute break to go downstairs to the pantry, Uh, maybe go play with my dog for a few minutes, and then I'll catch a Facebook concert uh, that everybody's now a part of. And it's been hard, but it's getting easier, and I actually don't mind it. It's kind of convenient, actually, for me. And let's admit, I got the best parking spot in the park.
1: Right. And I mean, th- that part is definitely nice. But, you know, your responsibilities as a music director and assistant program director, you're responsible for day to day content. You're responsible for the music and the changes. How has that shifted with either your music calls or dealing with the reps and labels? Is there anything different there in that?
0: Um, not so much. We use the, the biggest change for us is that uh, when we do our music on Mondays, It was very easy for us to get together. Uh, My program director, Mojo Roberts, and myself would sit down, listen to music, uh, and then change out our song categories for what we need to do. And then you know, with our team, we've all come together in this time of need to help one another. So we meet on a morning session every morning. We go over what the day is going to be looking like, what we're planning for morning show, middays, afternoons, what kind of content we're going to keep putting out there for everyone. Uh, my biggest thing is that w- when we put out content, we want to make sure we're putting out the best content because with everybody being locked up at home, they need an escape too because as we all know, we want to find out what is going on, but sometimes it's too much uh, and we need that little escape. So for us, we've been deploying um, funny memes, things that we're finding on Instagram or Facebook that we're you know getting from other people that we're hearing about different things So our team together is working as a cohesive unit just to crush everything we possibly can. Uh, When it comes to doing the music calls with Nashville, it's been pretty much the same, which is the convenience of working from home. Uh, Again, I find the balance of like I have to shut off my phone to be able to do my show uh, and provide the best entertainment and quality sound that i can uh but as far as that goes that's been the biggest challenge not meeting face to face but unfortunately to the circumstance we're all having to deal with that right now
1: right you you mentioned the challenges there of not being able to meet face to face but technology has changed um as you mentioned everybody's doing these live concerts which is great um a lot of artists have been doing it for a while jake owen comes to mind he's been you know utilizing live streams Gosh, for at least the last five or six years, but everybody now is jumping on board. And as a music fan, I think it's fantastic. Everybody gets to showcase kind of a different side of, you know, maybe their show that you haven't seen before, or maybe, you know, a stripped down acoustic version of a song or two. And I, for me as a music fan, I think that's awesome. But as a music guy yourself, you know, are you finding any challenges in having to keep up now with? You know, instead of just having one stream, you have eight, nine, 10, 11 in a day.
0: Yeah. um, You know, I try We try to focus on the bigger ones. I'm not saying that everybody's not anybody because, look, I mean, we have some great local talent here in the Pacific Northwest. I want to watch their shows as much. But the hard part is, is if you've noticed, everybody is doing a show when they want to do a show. There's no set times. So in that case, uh, a good portion of these are getting missed. So we're trying to capture them, and if we get the information that we want to give out to the Bull Nation to let them be aware of, you know, yesterday, for instance, which I thought was hysterical, I don't know if you saw it, Kane Brown and John Legend released a new song yesterday. They met and talked, but I thought it was quite interesting to see that Kane Brown didn't know how to work his Instagram page and how to get John Legend to tie in live with him, and I was like, okay, he is a real person. He is struggling, just like I am, to get somebody on my Facebook feed so we can talk about what's going on. Um, so it, it's great. I love the fact that they're all doing it. It's showing the real, raw personalities and how they live every day. Ryan Seacrest, for the last week, has not been in a dress suit or a suit and tie. He's been in a sweatsuit the entire time he's doing his show with live with Kelly and Ryan. Uh, so I've been finding it very interesting. My, the difficult thing for me though, the biggest hardest part is trying to capture all of them because there's so many and there's certain ones that I want to see. The, the one that stands out the most to me was the Jake Owen for sure. I love that one. He did a great tribute to Kenny Rogers. Uh, I also love the one that Keith Urban started and then Brad Paisley brought in Tim McGraw and Chris Young. Yep. And now Tim is taking it to another level. If you have not seen this yet, it's called the Tim McGraw Deep Cuts Challenge. And so each artist is now challenging their fellow artists to come up with a different cut, not their own song, of one of their favorite songs. So, you know, for instance, um, Brad Paisley did a, a tribute to, um, I think, Radney Foster. And then Tim McGraw did a tribute to somebody. So if you have not seen those, it was awesome. Thomas Rhett did a great tribute to hank williams jr and to alan jackson saying blues man so they're great but man they're hard to keep up with uh and just a self shameless plug we have another one coming up sunday night on 98 7 the bull with dylan scott it's going to be phenomenal we're looking forward to seeing that one
1: danny you've been in radio a long time you started your career down in la walk me through your career to this point where have you been what have you done
0: uh, well, to go back that far, it started, I've been with KUPL for the past 22 years, so I'm very blessed there. Uh, my radio career started in 1990. Actually, I take that back, started in 1982. I was a uh, sophomore at Mammoth Lakes High School, um, and our local radio station was 106.3 KMMT The Mountain, and uh, they did a show there on Monday nights, and uh, it was called Husky Night. And um, that was our mascot for the school, and they asked local kids if they wanted to get into radio, and if they did, they'd uh, they'd give them the opportunity to train them, uh, become a volunteer, and learn about radio. Uh, and as a kid growing up, I had huge musical influences from my parents. My mom was a massive Kenny Rogers fan. My dad loved Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash. Uh, so for me, growing up in a musical family, it was you know, not some, it's not like some of the other artists that grew up with, for for instance, Roseanne Cash, you know, her dad's Johnny Cash. It's a whole different game. But, um, so I started in high school and after I left high school, I moved to Southern California. I went to school for a while. I unfortunately had to deal with a uh, very traumatic situation in my life where I lost my mother to ovarian cancer. Uh, so I quit school. And I instantly grew up and became an adult because when that happens, it just overruns your life. And I had to take care of my father for quite some time. Uh, and I found that my only way to escape everything was my music and what I loved to do. So I started a mobile DJ business in Southern California and I just kept plugging along at that. A mutual friend of mine and I fell in love with country music and we worked at a club in Santa Monica called Denim and Diamonds where I shortly after going there every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night became a DJ there. Um, and that is where I truly overnight changed my life. I was working uh, side by side with a gentleman by the name of Buzz Brainerd,
1: huh. who,
0: yeah, who is now the uh, voice of Sirius XM, The Highway, and The New Finds. Buzz is on every afternoon right after the Stormy Warren show. Uh, and then I also found myself uh, becoming very close personal friends with Sean Parr from at a short time was Nash Nights Live. Sean is the voice of the Academy Country Music Awards for the past 30 years. And the voice of and, this podcast. Yeah, okay, there you go. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, Sean and I clicked like brothers instantly. And he said, man, I need a producer. I, I can't pay you, but if you want to learn radio and you want to come And go to concerts with me and hang out. I'll teach you everything I know. And literally, it changed my life. Uh, I instantly said yes. I started to work at KZLA. I worked as a promotion assistant. Uh, When I wasn't working as a promotion assistant, cleaning the promotion closet, packing party boxes for party nights, I was in the studio pulling CDs, commercials, doing whatever I could to get my start into radio. Uh, and Sean had a meeting with our program director at the time. His name was RJ Curtis and RJ Curtis is now the president of the country radio broadcasters association. Uh, also worked for all access for many, many years. Um, and RJ, uh, worked with a gentleman who was our music director at KZL at the time. His name was Carrie Rolfe. Oh my God. Carrie, Carrie Rolfe used to work at KKNU 93 in Eugene for many, many years. And, Carrie and RJ gave me my first shot on air at KZLA in 92 to 96. I did a show called Z past where it was just featuring Sunday nights only for two and a half hours where we played everybody from Johnny Cash to Waylon Jennings, Buck Owens, Chris Ledoux, Dolly, uh, man, you name it. It was there. It was crazy. John Conley, uh, Earl Thomas Conley, just to name a few. It was awesome. And, uh, That was that was the beginning. Uh, And then Sean and I eventually worked together uh, with Dick Clark Productions. I was a dancer for a TV show while working at Denim and Diamonds. I uh, loved a line dance. We did a TV show a couple times a week just to have fun. It was called Hot Country Nights. And Sean was our actual host of the show, just like Ryan Seacrest is of American Idol. Um, and so that lasted a little while, but when the show got canceled, Sean and I still stuck together and we did a lot of stuff and I I just continued to grow at KZLA. And then at one point I decided that in order I've heard for many, many years, in order to grow and get status that you want to grow, you have to go smart, you know, start in a smaller market. So my opportunity uh came about and I lived in Valencia, California, and there was two radio stations. Uh, within driving distance, one was K-H-A-Y in Ventura. So I would do a Saturday night show there called uh, the Saturday Night Request Fest with Danny D. And then on Sundays, I would uh, drive out to 103.7 KTPI in the Antelope Valley in Palmdale, California. And I would do an afternoon show there every Sunday from 3 to 7 so, uh, driving between the two and, you know, Saturdays and Sundays and then Monday through Friday, I was Sean's producer at KZLA, uh, eventually took its toll. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I had an opportunity to be a full-time employee at KHey, uh, but the pay wasn't enough to make, you know, living and rent and everything there. So as a, as an intern coming in, it wasn't enough. So I decided, uh, that I wanted to do something different. And I happened to glance one time at a magazine issue. Uh, It was called Billboard Magazine, and it was an article that used to come out weekly to all the radio stations um, that I had seen the name Kerry Rolfe, and Kerry was going to be going to KUPL in Portland. Well, I jokingly had sent him a tape uh, at the time of my air check and said, If you're looking for anybody that wants, you know, that needs a gig or you need help, let me know. Uh, And two days later, I got a call, and he said, I'm shipping you a plane ticket. And to uh, Portland. So come visit and let's talk. And that was the last time I was in L.A. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. I have not been back since to live. Uh, It was 22 years ago. I started April 13th, 1998. And I have been here ever since. And I'm truly blessed. And I've gotten to do some things that are uh, simply just amazing. Sean Parr and I have done things together for the Academy of Country Music Awards. We've done stuff together before it was called the CMA Music Fest um in Nashville that used to be called um uh used Fan to be Fest. Some, yeah Fan Fest and uh we would go to Fan Fest and then I've been to Alabama and the Fort Payne June Jam to play golf with Reba McIntyre, and the governor of Alabama. I've played with Alabama and Vince Gill and uh that eventually got me to lead to where we are today to have the Danny Dwyer Golf Invitational benefiting the kids of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So um, to, I'm very blessed. Very, very blessed. It's a whirlwind, but I love every second of it.
1: Let me ask you this about music and informatics real quick. You mentioned sure. that you did your, your Sunday night show Z nights when it was, you know, what is now considered classic country, right. So much of today's formatting is current stuff. Uh, maybe even going back to say, gosh, you know, it's 2020, maybe 2014, 2015 is kind of the cutoff, right? Right. Does that older classic stuff from the 60s, 70s and 80s and even 90s, you know, in there, does that still have a place on in country radio?
0: I think so. Uh, When you look at Sirius XM radio, they have a dedicated channel to it. There's prime country. There's the highway that plays the new stuff. And there's one other. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, But for the most part. Yes, the un- I do. I'm a huge fan of that stuff. That's what I learned on. It's how I got my roots. It's how I got started, and I loved every second of it. Do I believe it's still in play today? Absolutely. A lot of people that are you know that were growing up in the '80s still love the songs from Mark Chestnut and Joe Diffie and Doug Stone and Leroy Parnell and Mary Chapin Carpenter. The unfortunate thing is times change and there's not a dedicated radio station in the area that plays that. As opposed to other markets, uh, being owned by one of the largest conglomerates of radio stations around the country, you know you have your choices. Um, as you know, you look around, the there's Jack FM, there's George FM, there's a bunch of different stations like that where they can play a random type of station. Here in the Portland area, we don't have it. We hear from people. They would love to hear that format again. The unfortunate thing is is it, it, it comes to a business, and the business does not generate enough dollars for advertising that people stay tuned to listen to it on a regular basis. So it's great to hear a song when you come across it, or if you're at your favorite nightclub, let's say it's Bushwhackers, and you play an old Mark Chestnut song or Clay Walker or something like that. You know, uh, honky-tonk attitude, prop me up beside the jukebox. It's great. It takes everybody back to a place when they had a good time. Uh, But I don't feel as today in the Portland area, it's not a place that's, that's here, unfortunately.
1: Right, and full disclosure, I competed against Danny when I was at iHeart and we launched a classic country station, but it was a 99 True. watt translator. It wasn't gonna do anything. It was literally strictly put on the air at the time to take a little bit of market share away from you guys at the Bull and then KWJJ 99.5 The Wolf. Did right. it do that? No, but it generated a lot of no. social media interest for us, and that was about it.
0: Yeah. Again, like I said, I think it was. Uh, and when that when you guys launched that, I think that was uh, an interesting time because. I found myself even listening to it because we weren't playing that music. And I still love that music. I find myself, uh, you know, when I drive north to go visit family and friends, I I have uh, Pandora. I have Spotify. I have Sirius all on my car, my phone. And I find myself playing that. I play, you know, today's new country, what we say. um, And I love it. I absolutely do but I, I do need to hear a variety of stuff in my life. I don't just love country music. I love all music. I'm a huge fan of, of jazz. I love classic rock. I like hair bands. Um, I love heart and soul and, and rhythm and blues. And I like top 40. So for me, uh, music is a part of my life. It's in my blood and it's what I need. But I do find myself gravitating every now and then. Like I got to get away from what I play on a regular basis to take me back to those days when I can remember growing up with my mom by listening to Kenny Rogers and Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard.
1: You've mentioned that, you know, that classic that classic era, you had guys like Garth Brooks, George Strait, Alan Jackson. Those guys have re-emerged, and you know, maybe they never really left, or maybe current country radio just kind of forgot about them, but they've re-emerged in the last you know, four five, six years, especially with Garth, how important is that to keep kind of the legends around that are still, you know, around still touring, still making music, still selling albums? How important is that?
0: Well, I, I mean, uh, it's a tough one because you got to understand, like as a fan of George Strait and Alan Jackson, they're, they're relevant in people's minds, but they're not relevant as today, as opposed to, um, let's say, Florida-Georgia line sure. or Dan and Shea. Obviously, we saw the tides turning years ago. For how many years did we see the ACMs and the CMAs have a duo of the year, and it was the Judds. And then when the Judds started to slowly fade away, it became Brooks and Dunn. And Brooks and Dunn did it for so long, and then after Brooks and Dunn, it became the next group, whoever it was, I can't remember at the time. And then, then it's slowly gone to Florida-Georgia line and then, you know, so you see the changes coming. It's it's inevitable. George Strait, love the man, love all of his older hits. Uh, he's not relevant anymore. He, I mean, and I hate to say that. I'm not saying that in a negative way of any type. As I said, I love the man's music. Uh, but he's not putting out music like he used to. He still performs today because all of his fans will go see him in Vegas when they do those residencies. Garth is really the only one out of that class of 83 that's still relevant today because he took his time off and maybe he saw something that no one else saw. Like he had kids that were going to grow up and go to school and he didn't want to miss any of that, which is great. And now he's doing his comeback. Um, and we see that with all sorts of bands. Look at Van Halen, look at kiss, look at share, look at all these rock bands, Aerosmith that are doing the same thing They still have a resurgence of their fans. They don't want to just disappear, but they still have their fans that are going to come see them, and I think that's the best way for them to stay relevant in today's society. You It doesn't mean you have to change and go love Florida Georgia Line or Dan and Shea, but it's nice to be able to know that you could still go see that particular artist that whoever it may be one of your favorites which you bobby i know is george Strait and alan jackson
1: yeah but let me ask you this so is it true then what's old is once again new
0: somewhat uh you know we see that with garth garth is doing these giant stadium tours and we see him doing these little honky tonk dive bar tours uh and everybody's going to see him it's new to the people that have never heard of garth brooks because their parents have now had kids and they've told them that that was their favorite music this is a guy that i grew up with i loved his song as a kid you're gonna love it you got to check it out and i think that is today's new society of what's happening
1: talk to me about women and country music obviously we hear it uh pretty much nonstop. women don't get a fair shake women aren't played enough as a music director what is your take on that
0: I disagree with it. Um, I, I love the fact that we have some great ladies in country music. I'm going to use Marin Morris and Miranda Lambert as an example. Um, and I, I do believe they don't get a fair shake. Uh, are people writing songs in Nashville dedicated to mem- women and men? I do believe they are. I know a few writers in Nashville, and they write songs specifically for women. Um, and I have some women right now that are on top of my mind that I just absolutely uh, love to pieces. Maren Morris, Miranda Lambert, Ash McBride, and Lindsay L. I think they are all three, four very talented, talented women. Um, some, I'm speaking on my, ha- on my behalf, not for anybody else, but I do know that program directors feel as though they just don't sound the way they should for country music. Um, we've heard that in the past, like you said. Uh, we've, we've written the art, we've heard the articles, uh, they don't believe in, they don't believe that they're getting the right songs or whatever. I disagree with that. I find, uh, we play them at least twice an hour, uh, at the bowl and we want to give all of them the fair advantage. That's why we came up with a show called the she shed that runs every Sunday night at seven to nine with our morning show host, Jen Hayes. Um, we want to showcase the women. They're powerful. They're just as strong and they've got great hits and I think they should be showcased.
1: Is it something that you guys can make a change of or is it something that you are responding to say outside pressure?
0: No, I'd like to say that we're making a change. Um, We saw it not long ago when CMT decided that they wanted to uh, get on board and support women of country music. They've been doing it for years. They've had the uh, CMT with next women of country music tour that they did. If you remember a couple of years ago, they brought Lindsay L Cassidy Pope, Brandi Clark and Jennifer Nettles to spirit mountain casino. Right. And uh it was a sold out show. I, I am would that show and it was insane. Uh And so they've, they believed in it for a while. I'd like to think that we're making a change at least opening eyes. Like, wow, these guys are, you know, playing the crap out of these women, which we love. And, if you haven't heard a Nashville McBride song, I dare you to go YouTube and tell me why you don't like her. She's got a different sound. She's the female Eric Church, Chris Stapleton of country music right now. And uh, yeah, she kicks ass, man. Her and Maren both. Uh, and Miranda Lambert. If you haven't seen Miranda Lambert's brand new video, Bluebird, uh, go check it out. You're going to love it. And I don't know, the vibe of that song to me yep. is just soothing. It feels good. It, it takes me back to a, a place in my mind on my mom like i can hear her singing that song to me and that's what i love and i hope that i, I hope that we are making a difference for women in country music here in portland
1: danny what is the future of country music in your opinion
0: well it's it's going to keep changing no matter what i mean you look at some of these new artists that are coming out travis denning you look at chris bandy you look at uh rain johnson it's a challenge in Nashville. There is uh, Everybody and anybody that wants to be a singer has a chance to go to Nashville and sing at a bar until you're found. Um, I think that the doors to country music are going to keep changing. I think we'll find uh, Florida Georgia Line and Brothers Osborne and you know Little Big Town, and those guys are all slowly going to go to the side as well, just like George Strait and Garth Brooks. Um, I'd like to see it keep changing, but... As I get older, I, I still enjoy my time with country music. The genre is between 19... Well, I, I'm different than everybody else because I like to go back and listen to the songs of the 70s. Um, so from 70 to today, I love all of the music, but I think we're going to see the country music genre keep changing. It goes up in waves. It goes bro country. Then it comes back to more traditional. You're going to see John Party come back around a little bit more. Uh, so I think it's I think it's in the hands of what everyone believes. What do they want? Do they want traditional country? Do they want new country? Do they want old country? It's going to be what every fan wants.
1: This is the Thanks Country Radio podcast. Danny Dwyer from 98.7 The Bull is with me. Danny, what are you thankful for that Country Radio has given you? <laughs>
0: uh, the dream of a lifetime. Uh, I look back at all the things that I've done. I have a... A board here in my office. And, and I look at these plaques that are hanging on my wall that I, you know, when I was a kid growing up at those radio stations, I'd see them hanging on the wall. And I thought, man, someday I really, really want my own. And, uh, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to get many of them. I've got many of them hanging on my walls. I have guitars that are gifts, uh, from artists. I have, uh, you know, a sign in my office says Danny Dwyer, uh, the CMA awards. I'm, like I said, I'm truly blessed. I think my biggest thing of all is just taking all this in. It's hard to take in because I've done so much because I've been fortunate enough to be around the right people and I found myself at the right time to get to do amazing things and I'm grateful for every single second of it that I get to spend my time with country music in Nashville.
1: Well, full disclosure, I got to work with Danny. Danny was a co-worker and then became my boss when I worked at 98.7 The Bull Uh, Back, gosh, almost nine, ten years ago. Yeah, it's Uh, been a while. Yeah, hands down, still my all time favorite, favorite radio gig. Just because one, you and I clicked immediately because you and I both share the passion of music and it doesn't matter what genre, it doesn't matter what, you know, segment of country music it is. We, we just always got along. I owe you for taking me to Nashville for the first time. Um, I've gotten to hang out with you, gosh, in Nashville now twice. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And just, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm really thankful for my friendship with you, but you've always just been a great guy. And if you don't know Danny Dwyer, shoot him an email Hit him up on his socials. Not only will he respond to you, he's positive, he's always happy, and the guy just gets it. And you know, as somebody that's been in radio and broadcasting now coming up on 20 years, which blows my mind, you don't find many people like Danny Dwyer. And I'm not just saying that because he's my friend, but it's honestly true. Danny, you're super busy. I get that. The fact that you gave me a half hour of your time just to talk about country music, I'm extremely blessed for. I really appreciate it. Um, I can't wait to go, you know, see a concert with you once we get back into our day to day lives. Once we figure out what's going on with the coronavirus, but man, I I, I have a feeling that first that first real concert back is going to be absolutely awe inspiring.
0: Oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Did you ever see? I'll, I'll well, we can end with this. I think it's hysterical. Did you ever see Chris Farley when he did the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Yes. And he was running down the aisles hugging everybody. Yes. That's pretty much going to be me at the first concert whatever it's going to be i'm going to find everybody and hug everybody i possibly can because we're so excited to get back outdoors and to see some great country music absolutely
1: the term social distancing will be long gone (laughs) exactly danny i really appreciate it thank you so much
0: you're welcome my friend thank you and it's always good to catch up and let's go grab a beer sometime
1: that's Danny Dwyer from 98.7 The KUPL FM, Portland, Oregon. If you want to get a hold of Danny, reach out to us here at Thanks Radio. We'll put you in contact with his wife, Kimmy. If you want to send well wishes, flowers, anything like that, Danny is truly one of the good guys in radio. And knowing him, he'll probably be back on the air before he should. But that's just a testament to his work ethic and how much he does love our industry and our format. Danny, we are thinking about you. We are praying for you. And we know that you will be back on your feet extremely soon. We cannot wait to hear you back on the air. And yes, I will take you up on that offer. But that first beer is on me.
0: This has been the Thanks Country Radio podcast. We appreciate you listening and look forward to you joining us on our next episode. Hey, for more on the show, just follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also email us at THXCountryRadio at gmail.com. I'm Sean Parr. Hope you had as much fun as we did, and we can't wait for you to join us on our next podcast.